Welcome to the Lionfish Podcast. And today we are still coming from Tobacco Key Marine Station with this great project we're doing. And today we're talking with Taylor. Welcome, Taylor. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. So Taylor is an intern here? No, I am working here. You're working here? I How did I not know that? I don't know. Okay, I knew that. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> and sorry for the background noise, but uh, this is a working area. and uh, It's dinner time. They're it's cooking. It's tobacco key. Everything is in one area. So. <laughs> Uh, so tell us a little about yourself and what you do here. Yeah, sure. So I'm from Canada. I studied environmental studies uh, back at the University of Guelph. Guelph? I then Guelph. That's a name? It's a name. It is a town in Ontario. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. They have the leading vet school, actually. Really? There. Yeah. I didn't do that, but oh, okay. that's there. Yeah. <laughs> so I so did that for about four years, and then I went on to get my teaching degree in something called outdoor and experiential education. Oh, cool. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I also have my scuba diving masters, which I did in Grenada. And actually that's kind of where I got introduced to lionfish, Okay. was doing that. Um, we worked um, with a program called Caribbean Reef Buddy. And so that's where, yeah, I got like certified uh, with the pad- paddy specialty to hunt and call invasive lionfish. Really? So yeah, yeah, that was introduced to me in 2016. Was that the first time you heard about lionfish? Yeah, yeah, it was the first time. Wow. Yeah. And you, did you actually catch one? I did. I caught a lot. What was your first shot? What, how was that? Do you remember it? Or? Um, I actually don't know. I don't really? remember it. No. Wow. I don't remember, but I just remembered like doing a lot and we would do drift dives. So it almost felt like a video game where you're just like in the channel and you're like flying and basically just spearing like whatever you see. Yeah. And it it truly felt like a video game. And that's, that was kind of my first like realization of like this species is everywhere. It's exploded. And yeah, there was about five of us girls doing it. And yeah, that was kind of my first oh, that's cool. taste of lionfish. Wow. <laughs> and so that set you on the path of doing more marine kind of work? Yep. So that's where also my passion of marine biology was sparked. Um, my family's always been into scuba diving. And my uncle is a professor at the University of Guelph. And he studies, yeah, he studies <laughs> coral. And um, he introduced myself and my cousin to that program in Grenada and so again it's kind of always been in my family Um, and then yeah I got into the teaching education fields and I realized this is a perfect combination of marine education Um, and yeah like here here at the station I am the assistant teacher and so obviously you know this we're an NGO but for your audience I'll repeat it we're an NGO and we cater to um, study abroad groups mostly from the states and anywhere from middle school to university so all different ages and that's where I come in and kind of facilitate and help lead the groups um, yeah and educate students on marine ecology uh, where I can and then James and Ronnie they jump in but (laughs) <laughs> What's the coolest thing you, you do here that you really like? So I'd, that's an easy question for me because I've kind of taken the lead on the marine debris project that we have here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, James, the station manager, he takes the lead on Lionfish, um, which I, I still love. I love that project. Ronnie does more coral bleaching and disease. And then I take control of the trash 
project, which is going out on the reef, and uh, we take all the students and we collect sometimes hundreds of pounds of trash wow. and bring it back to the station. Uh, we do things like eco brick building. Uh, we shred plastic in in Pam. Her name is Pam. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. stands for plastic annihilating machine. She's a lovely g- girl, very hungry. Sweet girl. Very hungry. Yes, sweet gal. But we'll shred that plastic, use it in the eco bricks, and uh, we started a new one this season. Oh my God. Get that cat out of here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm on a podcast, guys. Um, Welcome to Tobacco King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's dinner time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my fault for, for putting off the podcast I know, for so long. I know. You, it's like pulling teeth to get her to come here. And then she's like, let's go. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> so tell people about what an eco-brick is. So eco-bricks, um, it's a methodology that started in Africa with the surplus of trash and not enough building materials. So essentially, it is a water bottle. Uh, water bottles are commonly found here. So we pick those up. And then basically you compact these water bottles to a density of at least 0.33 grams per milliliter. Um, so basically each eco brick is weighing about 250 grams minimum. Okay. Um, obviously depends on the size of the water bottle. But yeah, you have to really compact them. We use an iron iron rod and we like shove uh-huh. all the soft plastic like candy wrappers and the plastic chips that Pam shreds up. Um, into those water bottles, and then these eco bricks. Once they're once they're done, they can be used in building projects because they're great for structural integrity. Um, so you could build things like uh, chairs, which we built yeah. here at the station. Which, um, by the way, you get a cushion for that because it's a little. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like acupuncture for butt. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. <laughs> but it is cool. It's not honestly. It it looks more uncomfortable than yeah. it really is. Yeah, come on. I agree. Give me some props. I yeah. agree. Yeah, great job. Um, and yeah. that, that horse head at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, it freaks me out at night because I see this silhouette of this some long-haired person hanging out there under the light, and I'm like, I'm so freaked out. <laughs> it's got a mop, yeah. The mop on top is, is the mane of the horse. Yeah. And you oh. found that horse's head here? Yeah. It's like yeah. a what was it, it like? One of those horses on a stick type thing? Yeah. Or? It had like it had like little handles on it. It was just like a kid's toy. Oh. We find so many toys, but. Yeah, that was all from the reef, and uh, you see in our classroom too. It all the eco bricks in yeah. the walls, so yeah. they line the line the walls of the classroom, and that is also for insulation. So it helps to keep the room a bit cooler on really hot days. Um, also for soundproofing. Uh, so Paradise, the other lodge, they have a generator that um, puts off a lot of heat, and it's really loud. And so we actually constructed a door made out of those eco bricks oh, wow. to yeah keep it a bit cooler, and obviously for the for the sound. So, oh. mm-hmm. so it's cool. yeah, it's a it's a really cool project. Um, we've made about 220 this season, all of our students. So yeah, they help us make them. Uh, we've also started a new project, Nurdle Patrol. Yeah. Are you? Do you know about that? Uh, yeah. Okay. So talk about that. Okay. Well, nurdles. Uh, they are the raw material that makes every single piece of plastic in the world. So it's just a little, like a little BB pellet, right? Yeah. It looks just like a little bead, almost like those little silica um, oh, packets. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, they they are manufactured. They are the um, byproducts of oil and gas, and so they are produced and then. Food color dye is usually added 
um, and then shipped around the world to other plastic manufacturers who receive them and then melt them down and place them into a mold for whatever plastic product they're trying to make. Okay. So it is the building blocks for all plastic. Wow. And you go out and you try to find these little nurdles. Nurdles. And we find them. We have found And those um, are floating in, in the ocean from, how do they get there? Uh, so it's from spilling um, during the transport. So I mentioned they're shipped around the world. Oh, yeah. So they're put on like trains, oh. um, cargo ships. I think that's where the majority of these ones are coming from. Because okay. uh, again, how does all these nurdles end up in the middle of the Belize Barrier Reef yeah. on a little island? And they, they're not manufactured in Belize. Uh, so they're either coming from the States or like Mexico, places like this. Okay. So yeah, best bet is they're, they're falling off of um, cargo ships. Wow, Yeah. that's a lot of nurdles. It is. Okay, so how long have you been here? I've been here since February of this year. Okay, mm -hmm. and what's it like? Do you enjoy it? I do, I love it. I, I really, really love it. Um, it's also just, again, like sparked that passion for experiential education um, and realizing there's just like so much you can do yeah. with education. And I just think it's so important, like having having young people experience, well, young and old, but um, having young people come here and partake in these projects and get like that hands-on experience of, even if it is just picking up trash, um, you see like that light go off yeah. for them and they're like, holy, this is like a lot of garbage. And, and, and I see like, a lot of your postings of the kids, you know, don't be don't lose your soul as they pick up a sneaker or something oh you yeah know. the trash pick puns up the trash and, yeah the yeah trash those puns. are fun yeah and that's what it's about is like making it fun too like no one likes to pick up trash all day yeah so yeah we make it fun for them and um and yeah i also love seeing like the students when they arrive here they're wearing they're wearing sneakers and socks you know oh. they're in more like streetwear yeah they look a little uptight shoulders are a little like you know up there and then they leave the key with like bare feet, you know, sand in their hair, salt on their skin. Yeah. Again, that look in their eyes, like, it's cool. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, so, all the way from Canada down to Tobacco Key in Belize, uh, how long are you gonna be here for? Uh, my last day on the key is gonna be September twelfth. Um, okay. Yeah. And. Is that what you were here for that time period? Or are you going to be coming back? Or yep, that was my uh, that was my contract. So I'm I'm done. After How did that. you find that contract? Uh, good question. So I did an internship here uh, last year. Oh, okay, for so like the rest of the people here to this. Yeah. Week? So okay. Ronnie, um, Ronnie, by the way, for people that don't know, <laughs> Ronnie is the assistant marine biologist. Uh, he's from Belize City, and we did an internship together with five other people last March for about a month. And I actually did that for my teacher's college. Like, I got credits for that. Okay. Um, so that's how I got to know Tobacco Key Marine Station. And, um, and uh, yeah, did that internship. And then a spot opened up, and James reached out. Yeah. said, do you want to apply? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> I wish there was something like this when I was growing up, because I think I'd be barefoot the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. It really is special here. It is. Um, so what are you going to do once you leave? What, what, what career path are you going on? Um, so I want to stay in the study abroad kind of like realm. Um, Especially I've, in the wintertime in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Canada. I love the yeah, seasons. It's beautiful. But yeah. Beautifully I, cold. It is cold. <laughs> I like it for about a month and then yeah. <laughs> I'm good. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll try to um, um, stick to more outdoor 
education and I've met tons of um, like companies and partners that come here and visit us and so yeah I'll I'll reach out to some of those guys and um, yeah just keep keep I don't know being in that field I'm not ready to go back to traditional teaching yeah. um, I don't know if I will be this is really again it's like opened up a lot of doors yeah for me. well the good thing is you're excited about it and you're eager enough to find a way to keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and that's that's the, that's the hardest part for a lot of people yeah you know well I'm supposed to society wants me to go back and you know mm-hmm. become an adult and you know that's what yeah that's what I'm struggling with too is like I I just I know for myself like I live a very minimal life and you just you start to also realize what like being happy truly means you know it's not monetary things and yeah don't don't need that but but back home North America it's a bit different there's more like that hustle hustle uh, culture and things so yeah I'm just yeah figuring out that I don't necessarily want that yeah Yeah. nice (laughs) so we just had a an incredible two days of lionfish hunting uh, tournament a little cook-off a lot of uh, what did you do with the fish? Fillet. Oh, fillet. Yeah. So yeah. you you cut the fins, you measured their mouths, you weighed them, you measured them, you cut them open, took the stomachs out, and then you did uh, fish identification in the stomachs. Yep. Yep. So we ID all of the stomach contents, um, and then yeah, basically cut out all the all the innards of the lionfish. <laughs> Yeah. to then pass it on to that filet station. Yeah. And they, yeah, they filleted every single fish. Not only was every single fish researched, but yeah. filleted. That's incredible. I mean, the, the level of detail that goes into it, and, and we've, we do tournaments around the world, and mm-hmm. there's a lot in the United States. And basically, they'll, they'll measure them, throw them in a bucket, weigh them, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the level of detail that Tobacco Key does is just incredible. It really is. And then they, they spreadsheet all that information and use it and share it. It's really great. And James is the, the highest uh, lionfish catcher in all of Belize, mm-hmm. in part because a lot of the locals don't have social media. They don't have apps. They don't, you know, <laughs> yeah, so they bring true. in the information, and he gets all the information and adds it. Um, but he's got some competition in Turkey because one of the fishermen just added 12,000 uh, <laughs> lionfish. Is that real? It really is. Because I, I t- he was so upset that he got bumped from number one in the world down to second place. <laughs> But I I, uh, I texted my friend Eileen and said, uh, "Is that actual twelve thousand? She goes, "Yeah, it was four tons of fish." He's a fisher, so he's wow. got nets and um, and it, it's really bad in the Mediterranean. That's scary. Yeah, if you think it's bad here, it's it, multiply that times like ten, and it's that's what it's like in the Mediterranean. That's really sad. It really is. Like when did that even blow up? Two well, years they opened or? they opened up the uh, Suez Canal, and that kind of brought the fish into the Eastern Mediterranean. Huh. And they just they were having a field day out there. It's sad. Ugh. It really is. And I was just talking to a gentleman from uh, Italy, and he's like, yeah, we got uh, we got lionfish now, and mm. they're just now trying to figure out what to do with them. Yeah. And, and blue crab. They got blue crabs. Mm. Like, they're like, yeah, it's an American crab. I'm like, yeah, I guess. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I got blue crabs everywhere. They're, like, coming up on the beaches, and so they came out of nowhere. He's like, thanks, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you see him, let me know. <laughs> yeah. He's... Avoid him like the plague. Oh, that guy walking around <laughs> with the machete, I saw him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, you guys did a great job. I, I was I was really impressed on the level of uh, enthusiasm that you held up throughout the day. And I know you never get bored because you told me you've never gotten bored here. Never. Ever. <laughs> um, how do you think it went? 
I think it went so good. What were you like, expecting? I don't. I thought it would be more chaotic and more like people running into each other, like things spilling, teams. Oh, Opa. Oh, Opa, Opa, Opa. As I was just talking about chaos. <laughs> oh no, I jinx it. Uh, one of the uh, glasses fell. That was kind of good timing yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. But that's that is how I thought it was gonna go. Is that, that <laughs> sound effect? It. Just if look at could, it. Yeah, if you could just replay that sound, yeah. that's how I thought it would go. Yeah, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, we all took wagers on like how many fish in total we're gonna be brought back. I think I said the lowest amount. I said four ten. Because you didn't want to be there all day. I just I I honestly truly I thought yeah. I thought it was gonna be less because in the past like two months, but month especially, there's been less lionfish being spotted mm -hmm. especially on our like snorkel tours with the students we've been noticing less on our dives less so i just really thought like maybe we're eradicating eradicating the population yeah. and we're not gonna see that much but i was proven wrong <laughs> very wrong yeah um and everything just went so smooth like the teams really got back did. in time like nothing went wrong yeah, you know, I think the last time they did this, um, well, well, the first time they did it, I came, I came here for the first tournament, right, helped them out, and they had one person doing the weigh-in, one person doing the mouth measuring, one person, so that it was like a production line, and you had to wait, so it was a little bit more chaotic, mm -hmm. uh, versus you just picking your fish at your time frame and do it as fast or as slow as you want. Yeah, I think um, that's the thing is like every year obviously James are yeah. have like figured out the Get it better the and better. Beat. Yeah. And yeah. so I did the one there's two last year. I did the first one last yeah. year, last March. Um and did this go as smooth as that first one or I'd say even smoother. Okay, good. Yeah, cuz more fish. Yeah, with more fish, which wow. is very impress impressive. Um cuz last year yeah, again like you said there's kind of it gets like knocked down. Right. Like there's like yeah, like jams in the yeah. Jams in the in the conveyor belt, <laughs> but no jams this time. <laughs> That's great. Um, what was one of the most uh, aha moments you had today while doing all the dissection? Um, or the hmm. whole process? I mean, we started at 5.30. Yeah. You had coffee delivered to you. Shaken, I did. Not stirred. I did. Yeah. Nice iced coffee. Yeah. Shout out, Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my most aha moment. Oof, there's so many. I think um, there is a moment when... James found, I think he found five new species that were ID'd inside of the stomach of lionfish. And it was when um, there was two black snappers found. Yeah. And James's eyes just went like, what? Like, yeah. And I, I could- Two juveniles. Yeah, yeah. And I could just like see it, like we're really like making a difference kind of, and like contributing to that research. Right. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it just feels so good. And to see everyone working together also, like so many people in the key came together for this. Um, whether it be like Flang or like, you know, the teams going out, like there's just so much support around it. And yeah, it was just like, it was honestly bigger than the lionfish. Like it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys do an important job here, right? You know, there's vacationers here that aren't coming for the Marine Station. But as you saw, we had uh, the Dutch couple come in they came to the presentation. They're always, you know, like, oh, what's you doing? You want to try it? Yeah, yeah, can we try it? Can we try it? You know? Yeah. She's filleting. She won a contest. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like, wait, do you work here? You know? Um, yeah. But it makes their trip here even more special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, ta yeah, talking to people that have never heard of the species yeah. and just, like, getting that word out and seeing, yeah, genuine, like, curiosity and interest in yeah. it. 
you're like, oh, okay, there is like faith in humans. <laughs> yeah. And so if somebody is out there and considering doing a study abroad or an internship or a, um, you know, work here on staff or what mm -hmm. would you say to them? Um, I would say the same thing that I tell all my like younger cousins and siblings, um, just like push yourself and get out and do as much experience as you can in whatever field. Yeah. If it's not marine bio biology, maybe it's cooking. Um, do as many like um, volunteer internships as you can. Um, talk to people as much as possible. Uh, like I, again, I never would have had this opportunity if I didn't do my teaching placement here last year. Right. Of course, I was scared to jump in and like come, come to Belize and, and live here, but um, yeah, take the chances and you're going to find your passion, your hobby. And it's all about connection and communicating with people. Yeah. Yeah. And did you have much time off? I mean, how many people came through here since January? Oh my gosh. We had over 2000 students. Uh. Um, so it was a very busy season, the busiest they've ever had. And some of those are just day trips. Yep. Some are day trips. Okay. Um, and then some are like, uh, maybe a couple nights at a time but very, very busy, uh, wow. not too many days off. If you get, like, when we don't have student groups, we are still working on research. Sure. There's always things to be done. So that was hard, actually, trying to, uh, to take time to yourself. Yeah. Um, and how do you go from a beautiful, cozy home in Canada with heat and air conditioning or cooler weather and hot showers to a very small Dutch oven box. <laughs> yeah. do, do I talk about the cockroaches? <laughs> is that, that it's is, an island, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of living on the island is it's not, it's not easy. No, no, yeah, that's definitely like, if I were to think of any cons, it would just be yeah, yeah. the living. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always been really comfortable though um, with, again, like the outdoors and camping, like I do a lot of camping in Canada. Um, so I, I was comfortable enough to quote unquote, like rough it, yeah. although this doesn't even feel like roughing it. I don't know. Yeah. You get used to the sweat though and the heat, but it is, yeah, a very hot room that I'm in <laughs> with yeah. a lot of cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember I was down in a, you know, an island off of Placencia a couple, a couple of years ago and, uh, they had these things called like barking geckos or screeching geckos or something. And I didn't know about it. They didn't tell me that. And I'm in my room, and it's pitch black because you're out. You know, there's there's no light out there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I hear this like, like there's something out of a sci-fi movie. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Got my flashlight going. Where are? What is it? You know? Yeah, yeah. Don't th I think like, there's like a two-inch gecko. They're small. Don't they? I think they scream when it's about to rain. Oh, is that what it is? I've, I've heard they they make that sound when they know rain oh, is that coming. Oh, that could have been. Yeah. yeah. Siren. Wow. Yeah. Good to know. But yeah, if you're not prepared for it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there. You know. This is a beautiful island in paradise, but it's it's not easy. I see everybody working, and uh, James and Zara, and you working, and it's 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 a lot of work. Yeah. So I, I commend you on that. You did, you did a great job. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, you, you do it so naturally, and everything so flows easily, and Aww. so great nice. job. Thanks. Yeah, that really, means a lot. Really, really glad I got to meet you and come hang with you guys for a few days. And me too. Me too. Yeah. It was amazing. You could come out for also like James and Zara's last yeah. one, and you were here for the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it means a lot to them. I know that. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be working with them going forward. Yeah. Yeah, yep. gonna so put got, them in the sun. Really, we got some really cool <laughs> things planned. So good, good. Yeah. Um, so I know you want to get back to. Let me ask. I'll ask you what everyone else has asked uh, after this yeah. great tournament. What are you doing tonight? 
<laughs> um, probably following you guys to the bar. To the bar. I mean, Scott, I'll see you in what twenty minutes for dinner, and then. Uh, yeah, you guys earned it for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Take the night off. Maybe karaoke. Who knows? Oh uh, yeah. Karaoke. I don't know. We're all pretty tired though. I know. I, I know. I'm not sure it's gonna last. Be a, a long night. But, yeah. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. I, not for me anyway. I gotta get up and. Oh, you're leaving tomorrow. I got two boat rides, two taxi rides, and a three-hour bus ride. Okay. So, Child's play. Yeah, I'm just gonna chill out all day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. So I'll, I'm gonna let you go because we should probably have a little bit more cleanup to do, and it's almost dinner time. And, yeah. Uh, I just want to say how uh, grateful I am to be able to work with you and spend some time here with you and your crew and uh, this group of interns and yeah, and get this the largest uh, lionfish tournament on Tobacco Key yet. So. Oh, thanks, Scott. Honestly, it was a great top year too. Like, thank you for coming thank out. You. I so. appreciate that. Yeah. And I'll pay you later for saying that. So, thank you. <laughs> 500 Belize. <Yeah. laughs> All right, we're out of here.